Hey, good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us again uh, on the internet and the opportunity to engage with the study of God's Word. I pray that uh, you are continuing to enjoy these times, and I pray that you would continue to invest not only in this time, but in your own personal study as we study spiritual maturity. Uh, uh, one event that you might want to be aware of is Sunday night, November the 15th at 6 p.m. at Crucified, the building down in Woodvale. They're going to be doing a worship night just to get together and spend time in, in prayer and in singing and just spending time worshiping the Lord uh, through that night. So if you're available Sunday night, Wednesday or Sunday night, November the 15th, 6 o'clock, down in Woodvale, they're, they're already planning a great service down there. Uh, plan to be there myself. So enjoy that time with your family and, and with the other families of believers throughout this, this city. And uh, take some time to just worship God together. We have been talking specifically about maturing and growing up. And I want to make sure that, that you are well aware that we are continuing to provide services here at 945 and 11 o'clock. The 945 hour does not have any child care. It has nursery service, but not children's Sunday school. At 11 o'clock, there's a full slate of activities for all of the kids. So we'd love to see you come back and be a part of what God is doing here at Liberty. Uh, and continue to grow in your journey. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we're all in this together and we need to do it with others. Today, I want to encourage you to, to continue to pursue this idea of growing up with help. Not just with others as you see others growing, but, but allowing others to help you and for you to help others. How do we do that specifically? Well, there's a word that, that doesn't get a lot of recognition inside of the church a lot of times. We talk about learning and growing. We talk about uh, mastering our Bible. We talk about learning more information and those kinds of things. But, but all of those words lead up to something that is bigger for me. They should be helping you grow in intimacy. The intimacy with other believers, the, the intimate relationships that you develop based upon uh, your common salvation experiences, your, your growth in who Christ is as you gather momentum and, and strengthen your intimacy in the journey together. That intimacy with God and with others is something I want to talk about today. Cultivating intimacy is something that is not easy in our world. We want something that is fast and gives us answers, and intimacy doesn't always feel like that. It takes time, it takes effort, takes the development of relationship. And it's difficult to do that with God and with others sometimes. It's, it's kind of the, the glue for me to make all of the stuff that you're learning as you're studying and spending time with God and, and doing it on Sunday mornings with others and you're trying to be kind and working in your world with other people that think like you as, as Jesus guides us and the Holy Spirit leads us. Intimacy is the piece of that, that, that 
unites us, that, that we have that same intimate look at what Jesus did for us personally and what he wants to do inside of the body of believers. And that happens on a one-on-one basis a lot of times. And today we're going to look at uh, two guys that, in my mind, had this kind of relationship. You see it throughout the scriptures. You see the intimacy of a David and Jonathan as their friendship was, was around who they were created to be by God and who God designed them to be. One, the son of a king, Jonathan, and David, the king to be, and an unlikely intimate relationship that, that was crafted by God for his glory. Those kinds of relationships are throughout scripture. One of them that we are going to talk about today is Paul and Timothy. Paul calls Timothy his son, and that is not a biological thing. That is a spiritual thing, that that Timothy is growing up under the, the watchful eye and instruction and relationship of Paul, that, that they are united in this common goal. They understand who they are, who Jesus was, and their common goal together to see his glory uh, throughout our world. So as we look at it, we're going to look at 2 Timothy to start today, and we're going to look at how Paul speaks of Timothy and and how these two personalities kind of work out together, and then I'll give you a brief idea of how we plug into some of the information here. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son. This is an opening of a letter as Paul writes to Timothy. He addresses who he is and then to whom he's writing, my dear son. And he says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith which which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you also. This is a pretty intimate opening. First of all, Paul addresses Timothy as his son, right? He lays out there, this is how I view you. You're my dear son. Then he goes into talking about who Timothy is a little bit, and he says, I must have had a a pretty close relationship, right? Paul says, I long to see you because I recall your tears. And I'm assuming, and as everyone has in the past, as they read this, that 
they had to be separated. They are, they're not together right now. Paul is writing to Timothy, and that must have been a, a kind of a heartbreaking situation as Timothy had to go his way, and Paul went his way, and they're separated right now. And, and Paul is recalling the tears that Timothy was shedding and saying, I can't wait till I get to see you, and I'm going to be filled with joy when we get back together. There's this intimacy of relationship between Paul and Timothy as a father and as a son. And yet they're not related. Paul, if you dig into this, Paul is the first one we'll talk about. And his lineage he speaks of. He speaks of serving God as his ancestors did with a clear conscience. Now, now Paul, if you don't know anything about him, Paul had a pretty dramatic salvation experience, right? He was on the road to Damascus and was knocked off of his horse by a blinding light. And Jesus specifically talks to Paul and says, why are you persecuting me? Because Paul has been a religious man all of his life. He was a persecutor of the Christians because his ancestors followed Yahweh. They followed the one true God. And he was still not persuaded that Jesus was God. Until that very moment where Jesus intersects his life, Paul is still on a track that is, that is based in the Old Testament and is following the one true God. And Jesus intersects his life and changes his life at that moment. And now he's saying, I'm still serving God. Yes, I'm serving Jesus just as my ancestors did. And now I'm doing it with a clear conscience. I feel fully committed to what I'm doing. Paul had invested his life into the will of God, right? It says Paul is an apostle of Christ by the will of God. God intercepted Jesus, Paul's life with Jesus, and now Paul is living out his life as a response. He's giving everything he has to that end. The character of Paul didn't necessarily change it just twisted to see who Jesus was more clearly. It's important that we understand that because we need to understand that Paul's discipline, Paul's fervor, his zeal, as, as it's referred to, didn't change. He still has all of those character qualities, but now it is focused on telling people about Jesus Christ. And he is leading Timothy to do the same thing. As his son, spiritually growing up, Paul is pouring all of this energy into Timothy to raise him up in a way that he recognizes Jesus as his Savior. Timothy, as we read a little bit about him, we see that his mom and his grandmother also must have been filled with the Spirit. They must have been faithful women. We see that recounted here because I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Paul talks to Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother and in your mother. Paul knows Timothy's whole family. There's been this cultivation of time and relationship, not based on lineage, not based on birth, but based upon their common faith in who Jesus is. Paul 
uses that and says, this is the way that I want to raise you. I want to be a father to you, basically. I want to continue to invest in you spiritually. I want to see you grow up. So there is a reflection right away of the intimacy of the time spent with each other and with loved ones. There is this, there's this level of intimacy that, that you read into these few short verses that is pretty special. And we live in a part of the country where our families are, are still very much a nuclear family and, and even extended families, right, for birthdays, for holidays, for things like that. It's very important to us. And that is not to be overlooked. And Paul doesn't overlook that. He says, I recognize the sincere faith that resided in the rest of your family. But he also doesn't say, I need you to just stay with your family. I need you to just focus on your family. He says, you know, I, I constantly remember you in your in, remember you in my prayers. I remember your faith. And Paul is saying something to him later that I want you to fan into flame this gift that you've received. And we'll talk about what that looks like in a minute. But you need to understand that Paul had this depth of relationship with Timothy, this intimacy, not only with him, but with Timothy's family. He has seen all of this grow and continue to be a value and, and a, an asset to what God is doing. There are a couple of principles that I want to draw out of this relationship that I think are pretty key in how we view spiritual maturity. We've talked about lots of pieces and components and, and how do we look to, to God and spend time with him? How do we look to others when we talk about where do we put our trust? Do we put it in the government and, and in systems and sources the way that, that uh, Ben spoke about last week? Do we look just to our Savior? How, where do we put our trust? And, and so as I look at this, I want you to understand clearly that at some point in your life and in my life, we will both be a Paul and a Timothy. If we are spiritually maturing, we need to understand this dynamic relationship that was happening between these two men. Understand the humility that's required for this to happen. First of all, Paul needed to spend time as he traveled around the, the known world at that time, planting churches, this was a guy that everybody knew. And yet he took time out of his schedule and recognized something in Timothy and said, I need to cultivate this, this gift that Timothy has and make him see his value to the kingdom, to help him to grow up spiritually. There's a humility there that, that he needs to embrace this relationship. And he's a pour into it and give of himself to it and allow Timothy to grow at his own pace and, and to see the, the way that Timothy grows up as a father and a, a sees a son. That humility is there uh, both as they learn from one another because Timothy needs to be humility-centered uh, as he listens to Paul. So as Timothy listens to the things that Paul says. He is humbly following the direction of this man of God, this one that has been called 
to do those amazing things that we read throughout the New Testament. Both of them have to have humility as they approach this relationship, as they learn from one another. Paul is also learning how to cultivate a, a life that, that helps other people follow Jesus. You have to be humble in the way that you approach that. You don't have all the answers based upon your position or your maturity. God can continue to teach you things through people that are younger, through people that don't have maybe the spiritual knowledge that you have, but have maybe a better grasp on something. And, and we see that in my mind as Paul talks to this young man in the faith and says, I recall your tears. There's something there that Paul is reminiscing about and saying, man, that was a valuable piece of my life. I see something in you that I need to continue to continue to pour into, to continue to cultivate, continue to grow. And I need to be humble enough to do that. In the same vein, Timothy has to be humble enough to continue to listen to Paul to continue to follow his direction, to continue to ask good questions, right? Some of those things that, that as a teacher, I need to be willing to listen to someone that has a good question that may spark me to learn something that I didn't realize I needed to learn, something that I can continue to grow in. And it's this mutual respect, this mutual humility inside of this relationship that I want us to understand this mutually beneficial relationship. As you look at the way that this is written, to me, I don't see that Paul just needs Timothy. And I don't see that Timothy just needs Paul. There is a beneficial intimacy, a relationship written into these words that, that we need to do a better job of in our world quite frankly, to recognize the, the mutual benefits of relating to one another, to grow up together, to allow others to see some of the pain and struggle that we go through so that it helps them learn how to avoid some of those things and the humility to admit that, that maybe we didn't get it right and say, hey, young man, like I messed this up and I don't want you to make the same mistake. It is a both-and situation. It's never an either-or for me. As we look at the relationship that Paul has with Timothy and based on Paul's experience, his interactions with Jesus, Paul was, again, his character didn't change, his, his personhood didn't change, but his, though who he was pursuing did, right? It, he is now following Jesus as a result of being knocked off of that horse, having spent time with Jesus. And Paul, if you read the story of his life, spent time with the apostles. Immediately after he spent time with Jesus, he goes and he spends time with the other apostles, Peter and the others, to learn of Jesus, to learn of Jesus's life. And so Paul had been through that process of discipling and had, had put himself under that teaching and has asked Timothy to do that, and yet they all see this value in this spiritual lineage that is 
a powerful, powerful representative of how we grow up in our world. I'll reiterate it that we are going to find ourselves in both of those camps throughout our lives. It is necessary that we figure out how to live in both of them. There are ways in my life that I continue to listen to people that have been there ahead of me so that I take the posture of Timothy, that I listen to, to Pastor Don and I listen to some of the things that he's encountered in his life and, and the grace that he has had to show to people throughout his life and ministry. And I get to learn from that. I get to assume that posture of Timothy and continue to learn. And then there are other times when I get to, to be asked questions by men and women that haven't been where I've been. And they ask me, hey, man, I'm, I'm having my second child. And how do I deal with all of these things? And, and I get to, to be a part of what Paul did for Timothy. And, and, and those men and women that assume the posture of Timothy, that's an amazing thing that they're willing to do that in response to the gospel and how God has designed it. I'm going to tell you that you're never going to be either or, that it's a both and posture, that you can have to continue to pursue someone that knows more, someone that knows better, that you continue to assume the posture of Timothy and continue to do that, but you cannot get stuck there either. That, that you say to yourself, well, I don't know enough to, to continue to lead the next generation. At some point, you have got to allow yourself to say, God has taught me so many things that, that maybe I need to listen to some of the questions of those who are less spiritually mature than I am that, that need some direction and guidance. And you need to assume the posture of Paul in somebody's life and, and with tenderness, right? Paul doesn't say, Timothy, get it right. He says, man, I remember our relationship and now I'm serving God just as those have gone before me, but I'm remembering your tears and I can't wait till we get back together so we can both be filled with joy to talk about how you're growing and how I'm growing and to, to sharpen each other inside of this relationship, this mutually beneficial relationship. As we look at it that way, as you understand how to do both and in your world, continue to pursue spiritual maturity and follow instructions of Jesus and others that have gone before, as well as listen to questions and, and mentor some of those that are spiritually less mature as you have opportunity and do it all in the tenderness and compassion that Jesus showed our world. We move into to verses six through eight of 2 Timothy because this is how Paul says it to Timothy. He is encouraging him to do this. And so as you hear this with your Timothy ears, right? And yet as you allow yourself to reflect on the Timothys that might be in your life, how can you instruct them? You're hearing it as Timothy and then hearing it uh, come out of your mouth and go to other Timothys that might be in your life. He says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 
For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but rather join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Now, it's pretty critical that we understand all of these things, okay? So Paul starts it out by saying, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. This picture that, that Paul is saying to Timothy, the younger brother, take some time. And I, I picture a campfire. You guys know, if you know me well, I love to be outdoors and I love to sit around a fire and to watch it grow and and there are times when you literally have to blow into the embers, right? Or, or take a, a big piece of cardboard or something and, and fan that flame from an ember into a flame, a full flame that has usefulness and purpose and, and light, all of those things. And that's the imagery that Paul is using to take that thing that God has gifted you with, Timothy, and Paul standing back saying, Timothy, it's going to take some effort to, to fan that into a flame and to make it useful and vibrant. And, and this you can just feel this in my mind as Paul talks to Timothy that he is urging him to, to, to become all that God wants him to be. There is this intimacy of relationship that even comes out in that picture and it's through the relationship that he and Paul have had. And yet it is all about the spirit of God that resides in Timothy. That this spirit that resides in Paul and Timothy is not one of timidity. It's one of power and of love and of self-discipline. There are these qualities that continue to grow and become more clear and useful and beneficial as we continue to mature into who it is that God wants us to be. But it takes a willingness on our part to listen to the Pauls that tell us, work at it. Spend time in the Word. Spend time praying. Spend time with other people. Do all of those things, but, but do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Remember what you've been gifted, that you have a spirit that is not timid, that is of power and of love and of self-discipline. He encourages him not to be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus. Don't ever be ashamed of Jesus. Don't ever be ashamed of the Pauls in your life, right? That, that you have set your course and these are the purposes behind why you do what you do. If you're spiritually maturing, that question is gonna keep coming up over and over and over. Why do you do what you do? Paul finally says, then join me. Don't, don't be ashamed of me, but join me in pursuing the gospel by the power of God. You can overcome anything in your life by the power of God. He's given you the power, the love, the self-discipline to do those things with help from Paul in your life 
by being a Timothy, by listening well, by listening to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, by utilizing the power that it already resides in your heart, by fanning that into flame, you can become all that God has wanted you to be. But it requires discipline and power and love, all of those things that you've been given. Listen, I know... That, that these men we've never gotten a chance to spend time with. We never have seen the outcome of what happens. We know that Paul writes a, a vast majority of the New Testament that, that as he enters into this relationship with Timothy, he has a lot to pass on because he's, in, he's encountered and grown tremendously. He's allowed himself to follow Jesus and the other disciples in such a way that he is a tremendous example to Timothy. And as Timothy follows, we know that there are good things throughout the New Testament and the New Testament world that come out of Timothy's ministry. But I want to make it a little more personal and I want to give you just a glimpse into why this passage is so powerful to me. It's because I've had Pauls in my life. I've had men that have been willing to pour out their life into me, that have said some of these same things, that, that Doug, don't stop fanning into flame what you've been given. And I wouldn't say I did it willingly. Man, there were times that I was so resistant and so reluctant to do what it is that God wanted me to do. And yet these men continued to breathe wind into my sails and say, don't give up. God has given you the spirit of power and love and self-discipline and don't let that go to waste. The first one I think of is Lysis. He was my youth pastor when I was in high school, and I met Lee at a tremendously difficult point in my life when I really was pretty directionless. Yeah, I went to church. I did all of the right things. I checked all the right boxes. I had been going to the Momentum Youth Conferences of the day. They called it Brethren National Youth Conference back then. I had done all of those things, but I still was pretty rudderless. I, I didn't know exactly what it was that God wanted of me. I knew that, that there was something different about what God wanted, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And, and Lee was a man that, that had gone to Grace College, had gone to Grace Seminary, and decided he wanted to be a youth pastor to impact the next generation. And he ended up coming back to, to Everett, Pennsylvania when I was in high school. And Lee didn't tell me what to do. Lee asked a lot of questions about what I thought I should do. What, what did God want me to do? To ask me those tough questions. That How is God leading you? How do you feel the Spirit guiding you? And things that I had never really thought about. I thought, well, Lee, I'm, I'm already doing it, man. I'm, I go to church. I, I show up. I'm like one of the only guys in the youth group. Like, are you kidding me? And Lee said, but that's not it, Doug. <laughs> There's more out there. The gifts and the talents and abilities that you've been given could be used for, for more beneficial things. And he encouraged me to, to take an opportunity and go on a short-term mission trip called Operation Barnabas. Some of you in the congregation know what I'm talking about. You know... Uh, how beneficial that time can be to spend an entire summer just, just serving God. Well, 
it did. It, it changed my mindset. It said, wow, I can use all of the things that God has given to me, but for his purposes. Lee encouraged me to do that. He encouraged me to pursue Grace College as a possible landing place for school. I was one of the first people to ever go to college in my family, you know, uh, to pursue that direction, to go out on my own, let alone eight hours away from home, nine hours away from home and, and be on my own and pursue what it is that God had for me. And forever, I will see Lee as that Paul in my life that, that helped me grow up in a, in a way that, that was beneficial to both me and to the glory of God. And Lee had followed other people's examples. It's a pretty impressive brotherhood, folks. It's something that as I look at and I sit here today, I have no idea the impact that, that may happen as a result of Lee's influence in my life. Folks, just this past fall, I had the opportunity to meet a young man that's a resident director at Grove City. Grove City College is something that, that I didn't even really know existed until my son wanted to go there, right? I get up there and I'm, I'm dropping my son off at college and this resident director comes out and I talk with him and I can't even remember how it happened. I think maybe I was wearing a Grace College hat or shirt and, and he said, hey, do you know where that is? And turns out that this young man had gone to Grace College just like I had. And now he was going to be the resident director, the man that was kind of in charge of setting some of the spiritual direction for my son at college. So 30 years ago, when I had the opportunity to meet Lee, he changed my perspective a bit as I, as I had to listen and think, am I going to take a posture of Timothy and listen to what my Paul is saying? I had no idea that God would orchestrate not only things in my life of power and of love and of self-discipline to get me to a place where I would be willing to go on Operation Barnabas, go to college, but I would spend time at college. And as I was there, I was a resident director and I, I continued to pour into other men. And, and the, one of the vice presidents at the college right now in charge of student affairs is a young man that I had the pleasure of spending some time with. And that young man, Aaron Crabtree, had an opportunity to pour into this young man whose name is Chris, who is now at Grove City College. And, and because that kid is, has been brought into the, to the brotherhood, my son now sits under somebody that is in the direct lineage of my spiritual journey. 30 years later, my son is sitting under a resident director and, and has a direct tie back to me and my spiritual decisions. Folks, that doesn't happen by mistake. God is a God of the details, but only if we are willing throughout our life to understand 
the dynamic relationships that we have, if we're willing to assume the posture of Timothy in our lives at times and follow the lead of other men that may have some good things to pass on to us, and then when the time comes, we are willing to assume the posture of Paul in other people's lives and be willing to pour back into the next generation. This thing only works if we're willing to do that. If we're willing to do that here at Liberty Grace. If we're willing to listen to others, if we're willing to pour into the lives of those that are coming behind us and continue to embrace this intimacy of the journey. Not only that, but I want to leave you with a passage because this thing is much bigger than just my small circle that I was able to show you. 30-year journey that ends up back at my son's resident director. This thing has 2,000 years worth of effect and beyond that, back into the Old Testament as Paul was following his ancestors right from the very beginning. Hebrews 12 is a, is a chapter that follows a hall of faith. There are men that have gone on this journey well before us that are recognized in Hebrews chapter 11. And it says this about some of those men. Therefore, you have to look at what the therefore is there for, right? Go back to chapter 11 of Hebrews and read about those men. And therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, then let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, a race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There is a process, a, a not only just a lifeline, lifelong process, there is an eternal process that we get to be a part of. In our spiritual maturity, if we are so myopic, so nearsighted to think that it's just about us, then it will never work. We have to understand that we are part of something bigger, folks. That we are just actively pursuing a blip inside of what God is doing from beginning to end. That we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And we get to be a part of that. That we get to be a part of what God is doing. And all of those saints that go before us were part of it as we step in line and take the pursuit of, of God and we take the posture of Timothy and we follow all those saints that have gone before us. And then as we turn and we continually pour into the next generation, we become part of this great cloud of witnesses. The opportunity to, to be a part of God's story in your life and in the lives of, of generations behind you. If you have sons and daughters and, and friends and family that are, that are asking you questions about Jesus, then you need to take it seriously. If you don't know the answers, then you need to take a, a position of Timothy to a Paul and ask some questions so that you have answers then to pass on to the Timothys in your life. Folks, it has nothing to do with your age. 
It has everything to do with your spiritual maturity. Are you willing to, in your life, assume the posture of Timothy and listen and learn and continue to grow as I have had to do and will continue to do in my life? And as I see what God is doing, as I followed the direction of Lee in my life, and now I get to see my son being impacted by Chris, someone that is like my great, 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 great grandson in the faith in ways. That's an amazing thing to see. And I've been, I've been blessed to have that opportunity. And I think you can too. If you're willing to understand that you're part of this cloud of witnesses and you're willing to throw off the things that are hindering you, that are slowing you down, that are causing you to sin, and you're willing to pursue what it is that God has for you in this life. Allow yourself to be a part of what God is doing. Continue to grow up with the help that he has provided. Physically, those people that are around you that are willing to pour into your life, the spirit that has has given you a power and a love and a self-discipline, and then join in this great cloud of witnesses with me. Be a part of what God is going to do eternally. You get to do this if you're willing. Wherever you find yourself today, I pray that you embrace it. That you take a moment this week. Am I in the position and posture today of Timothy? Do I need to listen to someone else and, and really understand where it is I am and to continue to grow? Or is there someone in my life that needs direction and has been asking questions and I need to take them to the scriptures myself based on my experience and help that young person develop into the next generation of Paul's? Wherever you find yourself, you continually do both and, folks. I am continually caught between these worlds. I'm continually pushed by the generation behind me to learn more <laughs> so that I continue to grow and I can continue to lead and, and continue to grow up in my faith. And that's where you fit in as well. We all are a part of this great cloud of witnesses and I pray that you would take it seriously this week. Father, I know that you have given us such tremendous examples of faith in the past, and I pray that you would continue to use us, direct us, guide us, give us opportunities to both be Paul in our world, that as we pursue you, that others would have inspired direction and, and answers to questions that they have in our life, that we, that we would consider ourselves an opportunity, for ourselves an opportunity to pour into the Timothys in our life. Lord, I pray that we would do both and. That we would see that we need to throw off all that sin and all those things that are distracting us and we need to grow up, that we need to pursue you with all of our heart. Lord, that we would continue to be Paul, that we would continue to be Timothy, that we would continue to, to pursue uh, things of benefit for our lives spiritually so that we can pass them on to the next generation. Lord, as my passion overflows a bit, I pray that you would grant clarity to folks, that, that they would listen um, to my heart 
not just to my words, but that, that I have been the recipient of such grace from your life spent for me. And I pray that I would be able to pass that on to others. In Jesus' name, amen.